1: Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics
0: with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I
2: don't have
3: to show you any stinking
0: vices? This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: And welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo show. I'm happy you have tuned in to the program, 888 thirty-three ninety-three eight eight eight. Nine zero zero three three nine three. That is a phone number. I am your liberty-loving Latino. Do not confuse me with loudmouth leftist Latinos out there. I actually love the United States. Uh, catch up with me on social media at Chris Salcedo TX at C H R I S S A L C E D O T X, and then on uh, Facebook, the Chris Salcedo Show. There's an email link right there. A button, I should say. Uh, I still don't know what to make of this. Well, I mean, I know why it's happening, and I know who's to blame, but I I think that this next story is a good case to allow California to secede from the union. I got into a discussion, and I don't want to tell you who it is with, who it was with, but I got into a discussion about the dollars and cents of California seceding. And the discussion dovetailed into whether or not they were a net drag or a net gain on the United States. And the evidence that was shown to me was that California is full of a bunch of takers. Illegal aliens, liberals. And that Without the United States to backstop all their socialism, and in some places communism, that California would fall. And when I hear stories coming out of the Sacramento Bee, like I, like I heard, I'm man. My reaction is: Don't let the door hit you with the good Lord split you. Get out. The state. Assembly voted on Monday that was yesterday to approve a bill that would eliminate cold era language that allows Californians to fire any state worker who was a communist in this clip uh, Assemblyman Bob bonta, Democrat from Almeida, California, introduces his bill before facing opposition from assemblyman travis allen r uh, allen Travis Allen, a Republican from Huntington Beach. Uh, sorry, this uh, article isn't well formatted. Anywho, uh, I'm not going to play the audio for you. Oh, maybe I should. Hold on a minute. Let me see if it will actually load up properly. Yes, I knew, of course, I knew there was going to be a pop-up ad. But uh, at any rate, I, um, this, this whole uh, proposition of that what, what you and I would have found just a few short years ago to be patently unacceptable... The the very idea that you, we would employ in any government in the United States uh, someone who was dedicated to undermining the United States. We are a capitalist system. Freedom, liberty. And, replace, and, and having individuals who had a different outlook on the United States, that capitalism was wrong and that communism is the way to go, it, it, it would be like, it, it's just like us... Hiring Al-Qaeda. Let's, let's hire radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists. And uh, hey, I'm joking now, but don't think California is not going to uh, stop the prohibition of radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists from serving in their government soon. It's funny now, but they may just do it. These leftists. Uh, let's listen to uh, Rob Bonta. Democrat from Almeida. Mr. Bonte, you may open. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker and colleagues. AB 22 is a cleanup bill that removes archaic and outdated references to the Communist Party in our state law, specifically those stating that a public employee may be dismissed from employment if he or she advocates or is knowingly a member of the Communist Party. There's also another reason is that a growing number of Democrat supporters are from the Communist Party. <laughs> And they need them in, in political patronage jobs, and they need them in, in services jobs. But again, why would you want to employ individuals on taxpayer money who have a view that want to undermine the government in which they're serving? It's impossible to be a communist and serve faithfully a capitalist system. It's impossible. It's, it's just like, as, as I said, it's just like hiring Al-Qaeda to run your national defense. It's this is patently absurd. Patently absurd, but leave it to a Democrat, Rob Bonta, Democrat from Alameda, California, to propose it. These archaic references should be removed from existing law and updated so that the law focuses on the actions of individuals. Oh, yes. Let's update it. Let's call them not communists. Let's just call them Democrats. (laughs) I mean, seriously, that's where this party has descended into, in particular, in California. Resident Obama leading the way every step of the way and evidence of their conduct. I respectfully ask for your I vote Thank you, Mr. Bonta.
1: Mr. Allen, you are recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. This bill is blatantly offensive to all Californians Uh, In my district alone We have the Vietnamese Americans who had to flee a communist regime, which is why they're now in Orange County You take a look at the number of people that communism has killed in the 20th century alone. It's over 90 million communism stands for everything that the United States stands against. We're for freedom, we're for justice, we're for democracy, we're for the rule of law, and communism is none of these things. To allow subversives and avowed communists to now work for the state of California is a direct insult to the people of California that pay for that government. I urge you no vote.
3: And then it passed. And then it passed. The communists, California, Cali- maybe that's in their next, uh, their next chamber of commerce ad by all the communists around the world. Come to California. We'll put you to work because we're good little leftists out in the people's Republic of California. What a joke. What a, what a hilarious joke california has has become a disgrace uh, a wart on the ass of the united states california it's what it is (laughs) it's i'm sorry it's just uh, look maybe I, i am just a product of my era generation x and maybe I just know too much that so many of these leftists out there in California, you know, courtesy of the government-run education system out there, they're not teaching kids anymore about the perils of communism and the millions of, of slaughtered individuals because they didn't fall in line with government edicts. A system that is predicated on a centralized government controlling your life. <laughs> Uh, Wesley, thank you very much for the suggestion on Twitter. Commiecrats? <laughs> Commiecrats. Kind of like that. It's Commie, California. Remember how Arnold Schwarzenegger used to call it California? I'm the governor of Califor- Cali- California. <laughs> it's Commie, Fornia. Commie, Welcome to it. Um, I, 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 I guess I can't come up with an adjective strong enough in verbiage to express my disgust and my vehement um, revulsion at what California has descended into, the the pile of crap that, that California has descended into. And that's what it is. A state that signs on to allowing communists to serve, serve, to undermine government, I'm sorry. If I were if well, I got to pay some I got to I got to pay some phone calls on the break to my my family on California. It's time to go, folks. Time to go. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo show here on the Blaze.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo show.
1: The Blaze Radio Network.
0: taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the blaze radio network
3: coming up on the Salcedo show folks we'll have a discussion with a sitting congressman who was in the room with Donald Trump he and uh, a couple of other congressmen were trying to hammer out this this deal that paved the way for the House of Representatives to pass this amendment to Obamacare and get it over to the Senate now where it's going to go with the Senate we'll ask him about this too but The nuts and bolts of this discussion will be part one. Part two is going to be a philosophical discussion. And I'm going to try to get as as many Republicans as I possibly can onto this program to have this philosophical discussion. And the philosophical discussion is this. Where is the Republican Party? You all know that I have uh, a great deal of consternation that, in my view, the Republican Party has accepted Barack Obama and the Democrats take that we need a massive entitlement that stands between the patient and the doctor. And it's wrong-headed. It fails every single time that it's implemented. But we're moving headlong right into it. I want to know where the Republican Party is. And I will ask Congressman Michael Burgess when he comes into the Chris Nelsato show. Meantime, first... It was Colbert. Then it was Jimmy Kimmel. Then it was Jimmy Kimmel again. Jimmy Kimmel coming onto the air last night and, you know, rather snarky saying, well, pardon me for wanting to make sure that kids have health care. Well, I don't think anybody will disagree that kids should have health care. What will disagree with you on Jimmy Kimmel is whether socialism is the answer. And people of goodwill can disagree on that. You're a big socialist freak? Cool. I'm not. So let's debate it. But to get on the air and say, well, pardon me for thinking that kids should have health care. No, that's not the debate, sir. And, it, and you're smart enough to know that's not the debate, sir. Or maybe you're not. I don't know. So you got Kimmel and Colbert and now Bill Maher. Who, you know, sometimes he says stuff that we agree with. I'm going to be honest. But this one is, is over the top. I'm sorry to say, but it's over the top. And the, the previous two, and I'm making air quotes with my fingers, comedians, and what you're about ready to hear Bill Maher say, imagine if something equal had been said about Barack Obama by a conservative, quote-unquote, funny man. It never would have been tolerated. I was watching Brit Hume talk about what Colbert had said, that if a conservative had said that joke about uh, Donald Trump's, the only thing that Donald Trump's mouth is good for is to be a receptacle for Vladimir Putin's manhood. Uh, if that had been said about Barack Obama, that individual would not be employed. I guarantee you they would not be employed. If it's a degradation of the culture, if it's a loss of civility, you can trace it right back to the left wing. It's always the left wing. And Bill Maher crossed that line. He was talking with somebody, didn't Doesn't matter who. And was talking about the calming influence that many liberals thought that the liberal Ivanka Trump and her husband, Jared Kushner, would be on Donald Trump. And then Mr. Marr made this joke. Now, there's I'm going to have to describe what Mr. Marr is doing because you won't it won't be apparent from the audio that you're hearing. We'll let you listen to the audio first.
0: A lot of us thought, oh, Ivanka's going to be our saving grace, you know, when he's about to f- f- nuke Finland or something. <laughs> she's going to walk into the bedroom and, you know, yeah, daddy, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, daddy. You know what I'm yeah. um.
3: uh, Mr. Marr was making a gesture with his hand. That indicated what Ivanka Trump, the daughter of Donald Trump, would be doing to him. It's about as descriptive as I want to get into it, but it was a an incestual act. Bill Maher joked the President of the United States com- would commit incest with his own daughter. I mean, it's it's funny for liberals to joke about this because of what uh, Donald Trump had said about Ivanka completely taken out of context but um, this this is where our level of discourse has descended and it's courtesy of the extremist left wing it's also descended into these realms in the classroom we are on the lookout constantly for examples of, uh, of poster children, if you will, for choice in government education. Choice in education, away from government education. And this, uh, this uh, story actually qualifies. A Spanish teacher in Colorado was placed on administrative leave after photos and videos surfaced of high school students smashing a piñata she had set up. This piñata was adorned with the face of the President of the United States. Let me repeat that. A teacher, a teacher in a government-run school, Roosevelt High. Unspecified threat forced the school, Roosevelt High, to cancel its classes. Monday after consulting with Jonestown Police Department, which is handling the investigation, we determined that more time was needed to assess the credibility of the threat and ensure the safety of our students. Um, this was a Cinco de Mayo celebration. Putting the face of Donald Trump on a piñata and allowing students to to bash it. And this comes from a government-run school teacher. School choice, folks. School choice. I can guarantee you that a vast majority of parents if they had the ability, would yank their children out of this pathetic school. And, that, and that's the reason why so many liberals fight against school choice. Because they know that they have a captive audience right now. There's no place. If you don't have the means, you can't go anywhere. So you got to sit there and you got to take their crap and you got to take their indoctrination and your kids get exposed to this garbage left and right. And there's nothing parents can do about it because a lot of them are so poor that they won't be able to make the choice and leftists know it. So they fight to keep to, for the ability to keep indoctrinating your kids. And again, this loss of civility sponsored by the Democrat Party and the American left wing. My question to all of you conservatives within the sound of my voice because liberals don't have the stones to listen to this program. How much longer are you going to take this? How much longer are you going to allow liberals to to basically teach your children opposite what you're teaching them at home? How long are you going to keep this up? Because look at who's running these schools. Telephone numbers, 888 933 3393 3393 Up next, my conversation with Dr. and Congressman Michael Burgess. Uh, Mr. Burgess sits on several committees, and he was in the room with Donald Trump and a couple other congressmen when they were hammering out details on how to get this... well, whatever the American Health Care Act is. It wasn't freedom, it wasn't liberty. Maybe it was less socialism than Obama. I guess we can call it that. But he was in the room, so we'll ask him about that. We'll ask him about what's going on with the Senate, and then we'll ask him, where is the Republican Party? Do they still stand for freedom and liberty and getting government out of our way? 888-900-3393.
0: The Chris Salcedo Show.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network.
0: The Chris Salcedo Show. Listen. What this tells you is that when President Trump brought Billy Long, Fred Upton, Greg Walden, and Dr. Burgess into his office last week and said, fellas, let's work it out, let's make sure that this pre-existing condition is taken care of, President Trump made it happen, which should show every American how committed he is to making sure that if you have a pre-existing condition, this president is not going to let you down. Okay.
3: President Trump's chief of staff, Reince Priebus, talking on Fox News Sunday about those who were involved sitting down and talking with President Trump about the ability to move forward the American Health Care Act out of the House and over to the Senate. Let's talk about one of those congressmen who was mentioned in that cell by Congressman and Dr. Michael Burgess, representing the 26th congressional district in the great state of Texas since 2003, currently serving on the prestigious House Energy and Commerce Committee, Chairman of the Subcommittee on Commerce, Manufacturing and Trade, also a member of the Rules Committee, Dr. Burgess founded and currently serves as co chair of the Congressional Health Caucus, uh, caucus, I should say. Congressman, welcome back to the Salcedo Show.
2: Chris, it's so good to be with you back in the land of normalcy. I, I appreciate you having me on, and I actually, I did not—I did not know about that soundbite you were going to play. That uh, I didn't watch the Sunday shows as I guess as studiously as I should have. So, thank you for uh, providing me that little bit of insight.
3: Oh well, no, no problem. And you know, of course, immediately, what I wanted to ask you when we got you on is, what did you talk about inside of the Oval Office with the president? What was, what was some of the, uh, the, the politicking as much as you can, you can reveal that went into this?
2: Well, let me just say, for you know, the people who say that uh, Donald Trump is, uh, you know, he's out of his depths on, on what he's doing. I mean, I, I was watching someone who was absolutely in control of the situation probably telling us stuff that we should know about other members and and where they were on the potential of of voting for this thing. The president understood very clearly that um, going to be hard for him to move forward with his agenda if he doesn't get Congress to, uh, the House at least, to pass something related to health care. So he was was deeply involved in it and, and deeply involved in the in the nuts and bolts, I won't say that here's someone who's really understood the policy part as completely as someone else from day one. But he really has involved himself in this, in the process, in the policy, and as a consequence, I left from that meeting feeling very confident that here is someone who, number one, they know he knows what he's doing. He knows the body with which he is working, being the House of Representatives. He knows. Uh, Oh, Chris just between you and me at one point I thought it was like reading one of those old uh, those books about how Lyndon Johnson was at the master of the Senate I mean he he knew he knew people that, for someone who's been there just a few months, I mean, how in the world would you know the people, the, the, the members of the House, in the detail that he knows them? That's his business. That's what he did as a, as a businessman, as a negotiator. It was his business to know uh, the, 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 where, where everyone at the table was coming from, and he had a very, very, very good sense of that.
3: All right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about your ear on the ground and your colleagues over in the United States Senate. What do you think they are going to do? With the the, uh, the the easy money says they're going to come up with their own bill that looks nothing like what you guys came up with in the House.
2: Well, God bless them. God bless them. That's uh, that's their prerogative, and uh, I've heard several of them say that. Uh haven't heard much from Leader McConnell and obviously he is the he's the big player here and I do know that he and the President speak. Um uh, so it's um likely there there are some some things afoot that that you and I will not know about as mere mortals, but um yeah that that's right. It goes to the Senate. I would I would offer you this prediction, Chris, and for the people who have criticized me because the the bill wasn't as conservative and didn't hew to conservative principles as much as people wanted it to, uh, it's not likely to get more conservative in the United States Senate. Just a prediction that I would offer you here flat-footed on the ground.
3: Well, I think that's that's a fairly safe bet. Congressman and Dr. Michael Burgess, my guest right now, 26th congressional district in the state of Texas. And one of the one of the key players in in helping move forward the Obamacare Amendment uh, bill out of the United States House of Representatives into the Senate. So let's now you you made allusion to it. So let's you and I get philosophical here for a minute. Uh, I, I want you to give me your read and give me your honest appraisal of where you are and where the Republican caucus is. We we were one of those voices very critical of what had happened with this whole idea of repeal and replace, we were in favor, as you know, of repeal and deregulate, of repeal Obamacare and then remove government from the decision-making process between patient and and uh, and and doctor. I, I, I agree what,
2: with that absolutely, and I would add to that. Uh, nor should we allow the insurance company to interpose itself. So as a, as a you know, cueing to a true libertarian philosophy, nothing should get between the doctor and the patient. I recognize that when you involve federal payers, you do involve federal rules. When you involve third-party payers, you involve rules that affect those, those folks. So it's, it becomes a little less crisp. Uh, whether it 's the government paying for it whether it 's an insurance company that 's paying for it it 's the old uh, uh, he, he that has the gold makes the rules, but wow. at the same time, at the same time, it is not my job to protect insurance companies it 's my job to protect patients and and providers physicians hospitals uh, insurance companies and um, Again, just between you and me, they are a necessary evil, uh, but there's no reason that federal law should bend over backwards to protect an insurance company. Now, having said that, I also recognize that without a viable and robust insurance market, the number of people who are going to be covered at a reasonable cost is probably diminished. I think we should. G: I know. but uh, with uh, Obama, Congressman, but with, with,
3: all, with all due respect, with all due respect, and and this is, and this is why I, w- I wanted to get your feeling and get your honest read. Because Charles Krauthammer is out there, one of the conservative thinkers on our side, saying we're going to have single payer within seven years because the Republican Party, has surrendered on this idea, that, that, uh, that, that and, and they have basically agreed with Obama that government has a role here. It's something I fundamentally disagree on, but I wanted you to give your personal take and also give me a read of your colleagues in the House of Representatives. Has the Republican Party agreed with the Democrat Party that there is an entitlement that is needed here between, between patients and doctors?
2: Well, first off, and, and I appreciate you pointing out that it is my personal opinion, and that's what I'm giving you right now. I'm not speaking as a member of the committee or certainly chairman of the subcommittee. I'm giving you my opinion. I also disagree with Dr. Krauthammer. He is a very smart individual, so it's with some some trepidation that I ever disagree with him, but I don't think he's right on this instance. And honestly, what I saw at the beginning of the year as 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 – this was this whole process was unfolding i saw a lot of activity by our governors in a bipartisan fashion and the governors were asking for the flexibility within the medicaid system within their own health care systems within their state and that's uh, m- my opinion that's a good tenth amendment approach to uh, what bedevils health care in this country it is different in massachusetts and texas and as a consequence our state Organizations should be the ones that largely are in in charge of this, and it is—I know it's offensive sometimes to the governors—and I would like to to limit this. It is it is unreasonable to ask them to come to Washington to ask for permission every time they want to try something new, every time they want to innovate within their state uh, their state health system, which is Medicaid. It's a shared. Federal state responsibility, but the federal government asserts far too much authority and will not allow the states to take care of people the way the state might envision. And that has been historically, in my opinion, that has been a significant problem. This bill, for all of the faults that people are quick to point out, does provide a great deal more flexibility for the states. And I think, you know it's a step in the right direction chris is it is it does it get immediately to where every liberty loving latino wants to get no but it is a step along the way and it is certainly well look Take a step back and 're going, you know, okay, we had the government shutdown over over Obamacare. remember that right. and right. then President, President Obama uh, <laughs> I know you 're no fan, but President Obama gets on the airwaves and he lectures us and he says, "You know if you want to affect policy, you need to win an election and so we did. We won the Senate, and then we won the White House, and No one expected that to happen, so now, having won those two elections. Is it reasonable to try to bend things back to a more market-based, to a more state-centric program? I think that it is.
3: Right. And I I I you know what it, that I it, want
2: in this bill? No, I'm not. But at the same time, I do think it's a step in the right direction. I got we'll about look at what the Senate does.
3: Yeah, I got about 30 seconds, Congressman. So I just first off, give me your read. Do you think the Republican Party has agreed with the Democrat Party that there needs to be an entitlement here? And that's why they came up with a replacement bill.
2: I don't. But at the same time, uh, I mean, that's what you had the president of the United States talking about. Was mm-hmm. when he campaigned was a repeal in replace. So that did become part of the that became part of the language. It's different from our reconciliation bill from a year ago.
3: All right. Hey Congressman, look. Only. We we were we heap praise on you because you're very accessible. You always come on and you and you, you you try to tackle as honestly as you possibly can, and we get a sense of that at least some of these tough issues. And uh, as always, you were the first one. And we're going to get other Republicans on as well. Hopefully, who will come on and want to have this conversation with us. But and and in my view, is is one of those folks in the conservative movement these discussions have to be had about where we're headed as a country and where the Republican Party actually stands. Congressman and Dr. Michael Burgess, everybody, District 26 in the great state of Texas, sir. Always appreciate the visit here on the
1: Salcedo Show.
2: Great. Thank you, Chris. Anytime. Back
3: in a minute on the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze.
1: Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter
2: at Chris Salcedo
1: TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network.
3: Did you guys hear the Shaq could be running for office for sheriff? Do you guys know this ESPN uh, reporting Shaquille O'Neal says he's thinking about running for uh, office in Atlanta or maybe it's in someplace in Georgia. Uh, O'Neal didn't clarify to WXIA where he would enter the sheriff's race. Uh, The 2000 NBA MVP, Holes' residency in Florida and Georgia. This is not about politics for me. It's something that I always wanted to do. It's just about bringing people closer together, Shaq said Friday. Now, I've always liked Shaq. He's not he's never been overtly political, but he's always he's always seemed to have a mind to want to give back. First off, talk about an intimidating figure. <laughs> number 1, but number 2 uh Think about how much guts it takes in this environment to get into law to to want to get into law enforcement. I mean, because of the American left, our uh, our police officers are treated so shabbily around this country, and 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 imagine doing this and and getting getting into it uh, and, and with the current atmosphere and Shaquille O'Neal. Uh could be one of those guys who helps turn the tide back to some sense of normalcy back to where the communities covet their police officers rather than berate them. So uh, all, all uh thumbs up from the Salcedo show to Shaq. I'm, uh, I'm very pleased to hear that he might be, he might be uh, up for uh, up for election. Okay. Uh, there was a, uh, the Fox news channel this weekend was, can uh, we, we played, the chief of staff to the president, Ryan Priebus and Chris Wallace. Uh, right after he had this conversation about, you know, healthcare and the and the whole negotiation there thereabouts, he he decided he'd hit the Trump administration official with uh, a piece that was offered by the New York Times. Now the New York Times is infamous for being liberal for being biased. And for putting out a lot of propaganda masquerading as news, but it doesn't stop Chris Wallace over at Fox News Sunday from hitting administration officials. Well, the New York Times wrote it. Yes. So the heck what? Believe me, folks, the, the phrase the New York Times wrote it doesn't carry as much heft as it
1: used to. The New York Times had a front page story yesterday that talks about you and how much you had riding on passing Obamacare repeal and replace through the House. I want to put up, I'm sure you're going to love these quotes. They report you viewed it as a personal make or break moment. Another big loss on health care would probably have been an unrecoverable blow to an already weakened Mr. Priebus. <laughs> so, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, true.
0: Uh, no, Uh, but I remember the last time I was on your show, there was another quote from the New York Times, and I think it was something on the lines of that the person that people are pointing to most for the failure of Obamacare was Reince Priebus. Uh, And I kind of joked, I think at the time, I was like, so when it passes, am I going to be the one person in America that gets all the credit?
3: (laughs) First off, there's two things there. Number one, Reince Priebus is absolutely right. That it's only it it only works one way to disparage someone in the Republican Party, never to give credit when something goes through or succeeds. Number one. Number two, isn't it telling that every single time an administration official comes on to Fox News Sunday or at least the last two times that Ryan's Priebus has appeared, a Chris Wallace is drawing from The New York Times to beat them over the head with something? <laughs> I mean, I was like, wow, really? Now, now that you mention it, Ryan's. I mean, it's uh,
0: it's you're right.
3: Every single time you come on there, it's, a, it's Chris Wallace and his buddies over
0: the New York Times. For the passage? Of course not. And the president knows that. It's ridiculous. One person in the West Wing among thousands of participants it, it doesn't make or break. The point, of the, the, the point of it is it was a team effort, but it was led by our quarterback, President Trump. And I can say with assurance to everyone, without President Trump, and I think the speaker would say this and everyone in between, this would have never happened and got out of the house. He did it. He brought people together and it was a leadership that we haven't had for eight years, years previously to get these
1: kinds the, of things. The, White house, uh, the New York Times accused you of being a nice guy, which only in Washington would be considered a character flaw. How do you plead, Mr. Previous? I think I'm a nice guy, but I didn't get here by accident.
3: Yeah, note to the New York Times, he didn't get there by accident. Remember, everybody, society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Have a great day. Hump day tomorrow. Back here, 3 o'clock Eastern.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.